This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. So glad you joined us. I'm Vic Vershero, your humble host, and I'm so glad we have with us today a gentleman by the name of Mark Yule. And Mark is the executive director for the Michigan High School Athletic Association, a tremendous organization that does some great work around the state. So, Mark, welcome to our humble show. Good to be with you, Vic. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad to glad to be with you and have you here on the show. And of course, what's so exciting to me is um, is uh, I have some history with the organization. I've watched that uh, organization give out an awful lot of scholarships and do some great work with young men and women and do some just great things overall. And so, Mark, the fact that you replaced somebody as the executive director, his name was Jack Roberts. He was on the show here before he retired, and and of course. You're now taking over the reins. Tell me what it means to uh, uh, to be a part of your regular workday. What kind of things did you work on, and what do you oversight? So every day is different. <laughs> you know, with our organization, we've got uh, 25 full-time employees here at uh, our offices in East Lansing. We're about five minutes uh, just off of campus, and every day is different. So as the uh, director, we've got uh, uh, almost 10 Uh, members of our executive staff to where each of those 10 individuals are in charge of different sports and all of them handle eligibility questions. So when I come in each day, it's really overseeing uh, all of our employees, especially our 10 executive staff members, and and we call them our program staff, and they're really the ones that make things go. Uh, The chair that I'm in, I often tell people that I am in charge of controversies and crisis. Oh, boy. (laughs) Generally, when things reach my desk, it's an eligibility issue Mm. um, that's tricky, that's complicated, that... Um, by rule, the student is not eligible, and maybe they wish to appeal uh, based on a hardship or unique circumstances. Um, it's whenever something happens in an athletic event that doesn't go just right. So we often laugh around here that you know a, a lot of the the run of the mill stuff um, gets handled with our staff, and I think in any organization, um, you know, the higher up the ladder that you go, the the, the headaches are the things that reach you, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, anything from a legal standpoint, you know, it's been a, a lot of outreach and working with government officials here over the last 16 months during COVID. Um, that's been a, a unique little layer of what we're doing, but, uh, you know, we've been very consistent that whenever during COVID we've been able to play, we have played. We believe that school-based sports can be done safely even during the midst of a pandemic. We feel like a lot of the data and the numbers reflect that. So, uh, so yeah, every day is normally different, and I can tell you, Vic, that over the last uh, 16 months, every day has been even more different than uh, anything we could have imagined. <laughs> well, I can't, you know, and, and with all of those different things, you know, it's it's just a unique scenario uh, to be in the entire high school athletic uh, arena. There's so many moving parts and pieces, and then, of course, there's so many emotions that goes with it, too, because we're talking about some pretty big uh, examples of, of what's at stake with some kids because they're going on to play some pretty serious, bigger opportunities going down the road. And then there's slugs like me that just absolutely love football, and I had a great time, great career uh, in high school, and and didn't go any further than that, you know. So I think that's what's interesting. But as they say, Mark, uh, that's why they give you the big bucks. All those big problems come to you, and that's where they all end up on the on the very top. But tell me about how um, how you came to uh, to come to the great organization that you now lead. Uh, did you did you pay your dues as part of those 25 members inside of your 
existing staff and came up through the ranks, or did you uh, did you have a different path? No, I did. Uh, you know, if if you can kind of put this in an elevator speech context, <laughs> and I'll make sure our elevator here is in a, uh, a shorter building. Well, yeah. You know, I, I went to college. I'm I'm from uh, the West Michigan area, Grand Rapids, actually oh, Caledonia. I'm a Yay. I'm a Fighting Scot. <laughs> uh, Stayed close to home, went to uh, undergrad Calvin College where I played baseball for four years, had just a wonderful experience mm. there, met a lot of uh, great people and relationships that uh, still continue today. And I really thought my career path is I would be a 30-year high school coach and teacher. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, so was very fortunate, got a job at Thornapple Kellogg High School right out of college, was teaching U.S. history, was, uh, was coaching varsity football, Loved every second of it. Um, you know, it, it uh, with those kids even now today, uh, you know, follow them on Facebook. You know, have been invited to several of their weddings, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, a few funerals, you know, oh. also of, of, of former students. And just the relationships that you build as a, as a teacher and a coach, um, I look back at that and say those were the, the most fun four years of my life. So, Taught and coached for four years and then uh, had a chance to go back to my alma mater, Caledonia, as the athletic director. So at age 26, um, looking back on it, probably wasn't ready to get out of the classroom um, because you really lose that connection with kids. Sure. But uh, then became an administrator for three and a half years. My hobby during this whole time was I was umpiring college baseball. I uh, was very lucky, moved up very quickly. Um, and spent uh, a 20-year career umpiring in the Big 12 and some other Division One conferences. So where this all leads to is at age 29, I'm perfectly happy as a athletic director in West Michigan. Well, the MHSAA is looking for an assistant director, and the two things that they were looking for was somebody with a school administration background and somebody also with an officiating background. Uh. Well, that in and of itself shrinks your candidate pool significantly. Right. And, uh, you know, I often uh, laughed with, with, uh, with Jack Roberts that, you know, the only reason he hired me at 29 was just to greatly uh, lower the average age of the staff. Um, <laughs> because, uh, you know, most of our, our program or executive staff, you know, these were folks toward the end of their careers. And uh, it was uh, just an incredibly unique experience getting that chance. And so uh, well, this that is... started in 2004. I served as a uh, an assistant director for my first uh, 14 years, and now I'm in my fourth year as the director. Um, I'm in my senior year, as I tell people, and uh, <laughs> I'm certainly hoping that uh, year four uh, goes a lot smoother than uh, years two and three. Well, Mark, we're glad you're where you're at. Honestly, we can't wait to hear more about it. We're glad you tuned in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as past chair of the National Small Business Association and a small business owner myself, I understand when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. Now, you cannot afford lost data, lost customer information, and that's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK. Or find them on the internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. 
This is the Michigan Business Network. You found the Leadership Lowdown, and I'm Vic Versero. Today with Mark Yule, who's with us as the Executive Director for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And Mark, you replaced clearly somebody that had been doing the job for a long, long time. Jack Roberts is a, a name that anybody paying attention to high school athletics in Michigan would certainly know that name. And he was on this show not so many uh, months ago uh, talking about uh, what his next act was going to be as he retired. But And he loves to travel. I know that. Who knows what, what part of the world he's in right now. But um, one of the things that has got to be something I think I can learn from is tell me what it's like to, to take over the helm from somebody that has that kind of... Of, uh, experience that much tradition and and uh, years of doing things a certain way, and frankly, I, I think he was a bit of a living legend from all the things that he had done. So um, you had to kind of come into the door and go, "Wow, am I next? What's going on?" You're not, uh, Vic. That that's right on the money. I'll start off by saying that probably other than my own father, there is probably not a a man on the face of the earth that has done more for me personally, professionally, than Jack Roberts. Oh, my. Uh, That's high the praise. Honor, the honor of a lifetime um, to be his successor when Jack retired. One thing our board did to honor him, um, his name is actually on the building. So every morning <laughs> uh, when I come into work, I park and look up at the sign and walk into the Jack Roberts uh, uh, building. And, and so that is, <laughs> continues to be a tremendous honor. You're exactly right. Uh, Jack and his wife, Peggy, who have... Um, you know, still live here in the East Lansing area, are avid travelers. Um, COVID has greatly crimped um, their style. They love to travel the world. And, you know, uh, prior to COVID, Jack and I would get together and we'd have lunch about, uh, oh, every other month or so. And I can just tell you that with a lot of relationships, uh, it's been hard to probably stay as connected and as, and as close um, just because COVID has tipped so many things uh, upside down. Yeah. Um, from a, a leadership and a succession standpoint, um, whenever you're following a legend, someone who sat in this chair for 33 years, um, ironically, and what very few people realize is that growing up, Jack's dad, um, John Roberts, was the executive director of the Wisconsin Athletic right. Association just on the other side of the lake. So yeah. you talk about uh, his dad and then Jack. Um, you're probably talking about 75 years of history with high school athletics, and so he absolutely was one of the living legends of the business. Well, Mark, um, it's incredible, to, and I have to ask you, so when you when it became clear that you were you were taking this position on, they offered the position to you, was there was there some, I want to I ask about self-doubt, was there some, um, some parameters you felt you needed to tread softly on? Tell me what that feels like when you take over from, from a guy whose name is on the building for crying out loud. There's so many positives that come with it. You're, you're moving into a, a leadership role to where there aren't, there aren't any active issues. And when I say active issues, we had zero issues in terms of finances. Wow. Everything was, is perfectly in order. So in terms of walking into a, a new role, uh, didn't have to worry about money. And that, uh, in many cases, is not the case. <laughs> right. Policy was in a good place. You know, certainly I'd had a lot of input, you know, over the years in crafting some of that policy. So really it was a case of, of the plan was in year one is really to make very few changes, that we had a really good thing going and uh, just kind of continue that, that trend. I can tell you that the challenges, though, that come with it, just because 
he was such a, a leader across the country in the world of school sports. Um, and so many good things were in place. And because I had such a, a personal affinity for Jack, when whenever you'd, you'd want to go in a different path, just based on the circumstances and timing and, and maybe uh, you know different concepts of, of what our constituents wanted, um, it, it's a challenge when it is your mentor and you know you kind of grow up drinking that Kool-Aid of, <laughs> of the philosophical base and those things. Um, it, it was hard initially to kind of go off and, and to chart some different paths. And I think what you have to realize is that you have to always stay in tune with what your membership wants. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's a lot of things that we still do that are very much in the path of, of what uh, Jack had, had started for all of us. But times change. You know, we often talk about organizations that you're either changing and adapting or you're dying. And certainly the world is now different today when it comes to athletics from everything from video streaming, um, from the way that in the youth sports world that people travel with um, youth and, and travel teams. And so that the, the concept of what a school sports experience was 20 years ago is really quite different today. And, and you need to stay current. And the bottom line, and, and this was something that Jack believed in, is you know we're an association of 1500 high schools and middle schools and when you're in association work you have to be driven by your membership and the thing that I've really tried to do over my first uh, three and a half years in, in the director's chair is to certainly stay grounded to that philosophical foundation that Jack had built but yet we also need to listen to our membership. And if our membership wants us to go in a direction that maybe even conflicts with some of the beliefs that Jack had, um, we're at our best when we're membership-driven. And so I've really tried to be a very good listener to our schools and our school people, and that has really kind of charted uh, the next chapter, so to speak, of uh, where the MHSAA is headed. Well, I have to tell you, that's so exciting. And, of course, you know, member-driven, an association that's focused like that is just tremendous. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm just grateful, Mark, for your time. Grateful that you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Vershera. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. So glad you found the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad you found the Michigan Business Network. And I'm glad I found Mark Ewell, who is the Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Mark is really sharing with us some of the great starts and things that have happened along the way as he takes over for a legendary uh, association that does great work for all of the high schools and middle schools around the state, but also for and on behalf of kids along the way. But, you know, one of the things that I found, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying this facetiously, 
obviously um, what comes with kids is generally parents. And uh, and sometimes when you get into those scenarios, now you've got emotions and you've got uh, a lot of different things that happen along the way. I know I've talked to some, some pretty high-level coaches that have talked and uh, shared some stories about when they're recruiting. They talk about um, the, the attention they need to pay to the parents. You know, you've got to be dealing sometimes with difficult uh, people or difficult situations. And so you made me smile when you went back to the days of uh, being out as an umpire. Uh, was that some masterful training for you early on to help you deal with some tough decisions and making tough uh, uh, situations with people work? Well, it's probably the most valuable experience of my lifetime. Oh, wow. Um, it, it uh, you know, when you're an official, and in, in particular in my case, a baseball umpire, you approach every single game knowing that you are not going to make everyone happy. Uh, there are going to be times during the game where some who were happy become unhappy in the other direction. <laughs> yep. um, the lesson, you know, at its core, officiating and umpiring is an integrity business. And at the mm. end of the day, you need to do the right thing. You need to enforce the rules. You need to keep an equal playing field. And you need to make judgment calls as you see them. Um, pretty good rule of thumb, really, to live by, I think, um, and certainly when you now take this into a business setting, uh, those are some pretty good tenants for running an organization, running an association. So issues that tend to get to my desk are those controversial tough calls. And I think when we have to make those decisions, we always first start with, well, what's the rule? What is moving forward not only going to be fair and by the rules for this individual student in the school that's asking, but you also have to be cognizant of, of all these schools that aren't in the room. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to give a waiver to a certain athlete at a certain school, um, yeah, you need to look at it through that prism, but you also need to look at it through the prism of the other 748 high schools that could be playing that school and that student and say, well, is that decision really fair? Officiating really taught me that you need to focus on the things that are important and the crowd yelling, the crowd booing, kind of the outside noise is just that. That, uh, you know, there's an old saying in coaching that once you start listening to the crowd or hearing the crowd as a coach or someone in a leadership position, if you start making decisions based on what you're hearing in the stands, it won't be long before you're joining them, meaning uh, that you're out of the coaching gig and you're, you're in no the longer the, the lead administrator and, and you're with those fans. Oh, that, I, you know, that's funny, Mark. I never heard that, but I think that's so true. You start listening to uh, to those uh, uh, fans out there in the crowd. Uh, next thing you know, as still a head coach, you're out in the crowd uh, cheering the team on rather than leading the team. So that's really interesting. And I, and I got to tell you, there's got to be um, – I think what I what I just learned from you is, is part of it is just taking a breath. And and also trying to take some of the emotion uh, out of it to make sure that you're making good decisions, not just based on on uh, on you know the puppy dog eyes that are looking at you or the emotion of the moment. And and when you're in an umpire situation, so I know I'm I'm dwelling on that, but. Um, it seems like things are coming at you really fast. You got to make a split second decision, and some, and especially with baseball, uh, it's a bam bam thing. You know, uh, um, sometimes you know it's a, it's you know, was he safe or not? And I got to believe uh, over over a, a career, you probably missed a call or two. Is that true? <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, <laughs> and there's also a lesson there that I think in any leadership position that. Um, you certainly strive for perfection. 
you're never going to be perfect, but in that strive for perfection, maybe you might end up on very good or even excellent on mm. some days. And yep. I think the other thing that, that comes with that is when you do make a mistake and you do miss one, you need to admit it. Um, don't be defensive. Don't be argumentative. And I found, you know, in my officiating background that when you missed one and you told the catcher, you told the coach, hey, I'd love to look at that one again. Um, mm, yep. they, what can you say to that? I think when people are honest and transparent, um, that goes an awful long way. Now, you can't be doing it every other pitch or every other uh, you know, third day here at the workplace, but yeah. uh, I think honesty and transparency, especially when you miss one or screw one up, um, actually I think helps your credibility rather than hurts it in the long term. Well, I just love that. And to your point, you can't get it wrong all the time, but there's our, there are moments when we all get it wrong some of the time. And I think that's the point is that is that don't let your ego get uh, taken away uh, and, and run your situation, but, ta- but actually accept that moment of opportunity and so i, I gotta believe you probably remember some some pretty um, uh, interesting moments along the way um, where some people weren't fair to you um, but you're out in front of everybody else um, what what do you do at that point in time you, you you might have to either toss them out of the game or turn your back you do and uh you know you take that into a work setting and during covid um, the thing that I learned is that you weren't going to make any decision that was going to make everybody happy or even close to it. I was getting um, dozens of emails every single day, uh, equal numbers, about the half that said that they believed we were reckless and irresponsible for playing anything last year. Oh. And then you'd get an equal number at the other end of the spectrum that basically, and I'm going to, uh, a family program here, and I'm going to clean this up, but, you know, essentially we're accusing. Uh, uh, of me of not having a strong enough spine mm. that we should have just uh, stood up and just ignored um, the government orders and directives. So that just showed you that during COVID, we were getting criticized from both ends of that continuum. And I think in a leadership position, that's where you really get to your core beliefs of you need to do what in your gut you believe is the right thing to do. You need to then move forward on that course, and you need to learn to have really thick skin yeah. in some cases and uh, for your own health and, and state of mind, stay off the Internet. Because so, yeah. uh, Twitter and <laughs> other social and can they can all do wonderful things. But uh, in a leadership role, you you've also need to know that that sometimes can become uh, a little bit of a cesspool um, for negativity and criticism. Well, Mark, I, I love it. Uh, great, great sage advice. Wonderful stuff here on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back after these messages. Like to travel for fun and excitement, craving a relaxing getaway? No matter where you want to go or what you want to do, you can trust Dean Trailways to get you there. Our luxury motor coach lets you relax while you travel. No traffic to worry about, no parking fees, no hassle. Are you looking for some sizzling excitement this fall? Let Dean Trailways bring on the heat and take you to Firekeepers, Michigan's newest gaming hotspot. Experience the thrills of the slots, blackjack, craps, the live poker room, and indulge in the world-class restaurants, all while counting on Dean to bring you home safely. Dean Trailways of Michigan. Travel smart. Michigan, Michigan. You 
found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm with Mark Ewell, and he is the Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, an honored and, and wonderful organization that works with high schoolers and, and middle school kids to do some great things and to teach some great lessons through athletics. And of course, Mark, as we're, we talked in the last segment, we talked about some of the difficult things that can happen and difficult peoples. Tell me tell me some, some thoughts. There's got to be uh, takeaways and things you can point us for uh, in directions with some of the experience you've had. Uh, anything you want to share on that regard uh, in addition to what you already have? So I know that you know many of uh, your listeners and those that we interact with all the time, um, at the end of the day, we're parents. Uh, and then you know if we're lucky to, to keep uh, making the trip around the bases, we eventually get to become grandparents. Uh-huh. And, you know, sports can do so many positive things for kids. But uh, there can be a little bit of a negative side to this, too. I've, I've often said the old saying that sports don't build character, they reveal it. Mm-hmm. And you often see this when looking at things through the parent prism. You know, it's um, you want to get uh, 400 people to show up to a school board meeting. Unfortunately, in our society, it's not when you're discussing the math or English curriculum. It's usually when you're discussing the basketball coach or, or an athletic issue. Mm, how about that? Um, when it, it comes to parents, I think that the thing that most parents miss is that the adversity in sports is why we have these programs. You know, we've all heard the term of a helicopter parent, and, right. you know, we're even now seeing what I like to call the bulldozer parent, to where they want to be out in front of their kid and basically eliminate any of the obstacles or hurdles in front of them. And I can tell you that where our programs have the most value is when kids have a good experience, and many times the good experience comes from that young person overcoming some challenges. Maybe they're not playing as much as they could, and what the takeaway is for that kid is, well, maybe I need to work a little harder. My nutrition, my conditioning, my sleep, um, working outside of the season. I think sometimes parents get lost that they want to try and make everything as easy as they can for their kids. Mm. It's hard. It, it, it goes against human nature. But I think the best experience comes when parents can kind of step back let our kids both succeed and fail because at the end of the day, I think they're going to be further ahead for the lessons that get learned, not just in the good times, but also during the challenges. Yeah, so. that's powerful stuff, Mark. And, I, and, and you, you reminded me of something that, that I have a good friend of mine that's a, that's a coach. He's done some high school uh, coaching and, and some other things, especially in basketball. And one of the things that he gets into is his parents will come after him um, from time to time, and, and what he, he ends up doing, a, a litmus rule that he has is, have you talked to your son or have you talked to your daughter? And, and, and requires that that family has a conversation first. And, and the best example of that is one, one time one of, the, one of the kids asked the coach if he could not play, didn't want to play, to, play that night. And, and uh, so he sat the bench, and the parents just came to rip up the, the coach and the coach said, hey, uh, before you talk to me, I want you to talk to your son. And then you, you come see me whenever you're ready. And I just think that's so powerful to make sure we're having conversations and that we're on the same page. And then uh, the other thing, I really love where you went there with the whole notion of, of uh, really building and coming through things on your own. Um, uh, there, there's some power in having somebody – uh, emerge on the other side of challenges or issues, and what you just shared is that some of the greatest growth that you've seen in 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 young people is when they make it through there themselves without the bulldozer parent knocking down the trees and the things ahead of them, right? 
Absolutely. And that's, that's where you'd like everybody to be a, an incredibly quick aside. So our middle son uh, is now about seven and a half weeks into his career at the United States Air Force Academy. Oh, my. Okay. He is playing football there as well. Oh, and God bless him. I can tell you that in his seven weeks of basic cadet training and now with football practice and classes just starting, um, things have not always been easy out there. And <laughs> Thankfully, my wife and I, uh, my wife Marcy and I, we were smart enough to to let Grant kind of fall down and to scrape his knees a few times growing up. That uh, now suddenly the the real adversity he's facing uh, doesn't seem quite as daunting. Oh wow, well put because you talk about the real adversity. I mean, honestly, the things that we think are are issues and problems, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, is it is it really? I mean, compared to the other things, and I we run into that in so many things in society, and especially in business here, Mark. Uh, um, you know, we've got people out there leading organizations, and and we in the big spectrum of things. You know, uh, uh, I used to tell my my sales team that I was coaching, I said, wait a minute, uh, what are you upset about? Uh, y- y- we're only in trouble if Lansing runs out of money. We're only in trouble if, if, uh, if you know, we have some type of a, of a brand issue that, that destroys our reputation. I mean, um, these things we can fix. And then also, what is it that you're doing to fix it yourself? And I love it when, uh, when people own those problems and opportunities. And part of what, what leading a 25 person event or organization you've got people that got to make some you've got empower to make their own decisions too don't you agree as a leader hire good people give them what they need and then be smart enough to stay out of the way and give (laughs) them some ownership and then when issues do come up you've also got to be strong enough to support them as well and i I really think that those four tenants and in almost every leadership uh uh scenario uh tends to make an organization stronger, not weaker. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful when we start thinking about people and the and the opportunity that's there is that they grow from all of that, uh, especially if they're good people that want to grow and want an opportunity to lead. Well, and you're giving us a great chance to grow here today, Mark. Thanks so much for being a part of the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercherow. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back. Air has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sanair.com. I'm so glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Versero with Mark Ewell. He's the Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, a time-honored organization doing great things for kids. And and really, Mark, I guess that's what I want to open this segment up with the whole notion of tell me about some of the great ways that um, kids have either impacted you or you've impacted kids because one of the most important things I've, I think I've ever read or learned was when somebody says it matters not much how much I've, I own or what uh, organizations I've led, but if I can just be relevant in the life of a child, it lasts for decades and people are impacted forever. And so tell me, with your experience and all the different elements, there's got to be some stories that come to mind of some really cool things that have happened in your career. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, when we're in education and in educational athletics, um, 
this is a relationship business, and uh, some of the friendships that you make with um, colleagues, not just internally, but certainly with all of our schools around the state, and really then the, the cherries on top of those uh, relationship Sundays are when you get to spend some time um, with students. Uh, we have a student advisory council. I get to meet with them a couple times uh, each year. We actually just had them in our building last weekend for kind of their kickoff and just really listening to to our 16 leaders from all over the state, different kinds of schools, different sizes, different backgrounds, you know, different socioeconomics. It's just fascinating to hear these student leaders talk about the reasons why the school sport experience is, is so uh, valuable to them. So you get some of those uh, positive vibes uh, when you get to spend some time um, around kids. I, I think one, and I, I use this, this example all the time when I travel around their state and speak, and um, it certainly hits close to home with me, but it's, um, I think it, it's a pretty telling story. So our, my oldest son, Jackson, is currently a junior at Hope College. Uh, oh, okay. he's, a, he's a swimmer there, has had just a wonderful experience, a great first two years to a swim career, and we can't wait to see what the next two years hold. Well, growing up, Jackson was a, and I, I'm not hurting his feelings if he uh, uh, listens here today, but he was a, a very average football, ice hockey, and baseball player growing up. Okay. Well, Playing freshman football, he ends up breaking his leg the eighth game of the season. Breaks both his tibia and his fibia. Uh, surgery, pins, screws. Um, so fast forward, it's now November, his freshman year in high school. How do we get him rehabbing and moving again? Uh, it's been a really tough uh, month for him. Well, literally, my wife crutches him down to our swimming pool. We Our kids go to DeWitt, and we run into the DeWitt swim coach, and he said, well, Instead of just the open pool, let me. We'll just take Jackson. He'll be part of the swim team, and he'll train with us, and we'll rehab him. And so he spends that year only swimming with his upper body, and turns out that he likes it, and mm-hmm. comes back again as a sophomore, and suddenly finds out that he has some real talent and skill, and continues to work. And a long story short, as a all-state swimmer by the time he ends oh his high school career. And the reason I share this story, again for our parents listening is you don't have to pick your child's sport of choice when they're eight or nine years old. I I see this push from parents because to to pick the club and the travel and the AAU athletics, um, this takes a significant financial investment. Mm. And you're seeing parents who are kind of pressuring their kids to pick their sport um, when they're still in elementary school. I often share the fact that here one of my own kids has become a college athlete in an activity that he never even tried until he was in high school. Um, it certainly just kind of happened through happenstance, and, you know, I'm a, a big believer that God is a plan for everyone. And But it, it just, I think, it gives that perspective that sometimes we do just need to stand back because you never know what door will open next. And uh, what's great is when my wife and I started to go to swim meets, we knew nothing about swim. We love the fact that nobody ever yelled at the referee at a swim meet and that everybody kind of pulled for each other. It's just a wonderful culture. But I think that's important to know that, you know, sometimes you just need to give your kids a little bit of room and sometimes circumstances may take take uh, you and your family down a path that yeah. you would never plan. Well, I think that's a good perspective for us all. Mark, that's great stuff. And and, and I have to ask you a quick question. Uh, we got a minute or so left. The question I want to ask is um, I see parents sometimes living vicariously 
through their children as if it's their second chance at a state title or their second chance for stardom. Tell me, have you have you witnessed some of that, and do you feel any scarring taking place that you want, might want to take a moment to coach some parents on? Oh, you see that all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, is is I've often told groups that they speak to. You know, I I had my chance to be a high school athlete. <laughs> it's now my time when it comes to my kids to blend into the background and. Hopefully one day to be a grandparent, I think you need to blend into the background even more. You know, yeah. Love your kids. Be their parent. Don't try and be the pseudo-coach to where you pick them up from practice and uh, you tell them everything they did wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not what our kids need. The kids have a coach. What they really need is for mom and dad to be as uh, supportive as they can. Yeah, and how powerful it is is to support the coach as you were pouring into a young person, helping them grow and learn and understand more about opportunities. So, you know, gosh, Mark, as I think about some of the work you've done and some of the work that coaches and volunteers and and really even if they're paid a stipend, they're not making enough money to make it worthwhile. They have to do it from their heart. In this next segment, I hope we can talk about some of the needs that Michigan High School Athletics has with regard to umpires and, and referees and coaches and that kind of thing. I'd like to talk to you about that uh so so hang on we'll be right back after these quick messages here on the michigan business network this is the leadership lowdown so grateful that mark ewell is with us here today we'll be right back Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I am taking all kinds of notes here today on the Michigan Business Network with Mark Ewell, the Executive Director of the Michigan Association of High School Athletic... I'm sorry, Michigan High School Athletic Association. I've always had trouble with your acronym there, Mark. I don't know why, but it's there's just a lot of it going on. But I've never had trouble with the work you guys do, and I really appreciate it. And I really think that what you've shared today is pretty powerful stuff. I want to ask you, if I could, though, as I think about some of the most unrewarding moments I've, I've seen along the way is when I see a, a ref or an umpire that, that gets abused by a parent, um, or maybe a coach that uh, that has to put up with some of the pressures of an over-involved uh, parent. Um, some of those are, are are really pretty obvious and pretty straightforward, and we can all conjure up horror shows in our mind. But there are great rewards for people that are willing to do that. Can we talk about some of the positives uh, of being a, a ref, an umpire, or maybe even a coach uh, in some of these uh, some of these leagues and some of these areas around the state? It's, there's so many people that that are really searching for. For something else to, to to kind of fill in maybe some holes or some blanks that uh, are in their life, you know. For me, being a a longtime college official, mm. you know, it, it was really a, not a different feeling. You know, I was a, a high school and collegiate athlete, and I loved the excitement of being able to sit in class way back then and know that I had my next game to look forward to. Yeah. And when I graduated from college and got into officiating, you know, as a thirty and a forty year old guy. I still had my next game to look forward to, oh, and that nice. excitement um, really wasn't a whole lot different than what uh, you know I had as a as a high school or or, or a college uh, age kid. 
you know, officiating is very unique because people come from all walks of life. And I, I tell young people that, you know, when you're in high school and even especially in college, um, and you like sports and you like being active and you like making some extra money to put in your pocket, give officiating a try because you could be assigned a, a crew or different partners and one might be a lawyer and one might be a teacher oh. and another maybe a doctor or a business owner. Um, and you never know that even just idle conversation <laughs> during a halftime or before or after the game, it might open up a, a future door to intern in a law firm if, if maybe it's a student that, that wants to be an attorney. Oh, and wow. All of those connections, um, officiating is really, really special that way. And, and I think coaching can be that same thing, that if somebody really loves sports and, and figure it's time to get off the sidelines and to get back involved, um, Again, we're a relationship business, and the relationship that you hear coaches talk about that they build with the kids on their team are things that they absolutely cherish. So if anyone would want to become more involved as either a coach or an official, um, there's a very easy portal to get started to learn some more information to kind of figure out what uh, all of this is about. Simply go to MHSAA.com. You can either click on schools if you're interested in learning more about coaching or click on the officials button up top uh, if, if that is your path. Um, there's lots of ways for folks to get involved right now. Well, I think that's that's just awesome, and I, I really would encourage people to, to consider it. And look, let's just let's just say my heart's willing, but my skills aren't there. Is there still a place for me inside of all this, Mark? Without question. We take... Well, you know, we love to get the college-age kids. Another big segment that we get are are what I call um, the athletic empty nesters. You know, Mm. parents who have spent years going to all of their kids' games. And then when that youngest is through high school and and mom and dad now look at each other, uh, that's the perfect time to give officiating a try. We have all the training in place, um, all ability levels, all backgrounds, all ages, um, even if someone you know maybe has some physical limitations to where well I can't be a basketball referee and run up and down the floor, uh, we get a lot of folks then that say well you know I kind of like volleyball and and that could be something given my physical skill set that could work too. So uh, wow. um, if you have an interest and a passion for young people, reach out and connect with us, and uh, we'll help you find the right lane. Well, Mark, I've got two minutes left, and can you tell me, anybody that says, well, I think high school athletics is a waste of money, uh, we need to be spending our money in other places, uh, give, me, give me your quick thoughts on, on uh, how you would respond to that, that person. So whenever folks put it in an economic context like that, it, it becomes a very easy response because the value that school sports have for a whole school budget, it's the best bargain that there is. Mm. Uh, most school districts typically will spend anywhere from 1% to 2% of their school budget on athletics. That's coaches' salaries, transportation, uniforms, all those kinds of things. And you look at the data in most of our schools, and we've got many schools that have over 50% of the student body is involved in at least one athletic team. So you tell me where you can only spend 2% of your budget, but yet impact over half, over 50% of all of your students, um, the value that school athletic programs have for our kids, our communities, and I think society as a whole 
there is no better dollars that get spent by a school district in a year than uh, further athletic programs. Well done, Mark. Outstanding effort. You know, and, and I just want to stop right here and say thank you. Thank you for what you and the Michigan High School Athletic Association uh, is doing for young people around the state. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Vic. Well, we're so glad that uh, Mark uh, Ewell spent some time with us today, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We're so glad you tuned into the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great one.